Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 8, Episode 8. I sure hope Troy's okay. The book, Star Trek and X-Men, Planet X. The year? Who cares? Chapters 21 through 23, with your hosts, Jeff and John. I mean, the year's probably in the 90s. This is very 90s. I mean, I think it's 22 through 20. Get out of here, you. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's 22 through 24. You're not even doing the voice. Eh, it's fine. Anyway, let's go. A person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. That's what I do. I press the button that says cloak. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. Anyone sees you fucking this statue, they know you want to fuck. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast where it's Star Trek this time. Yay. And X-Men. It's also X-Men It's also time. X-Men. Yeah, and honestly, I couldn't care less. I can't wait to get back to my beloved Star Wars. How are you doing, though, John? Oh, I hate Star Wars, and I love that we're not doing it. <laughs> That's the dynamic that we have here. That's an important dynamic. There's also a lot of fricassee sexual te- attention. There's also a lot of fricassee? Yeah, there's a lot there's of, of frijoles sexual of, tension. There's a lot of fricassee chicken in the room, <laughs> and it's causing sexual tension. There's a lot of suffering succotash. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, uh, okay. We're, we're still in the middle of a pitched space battle between the Conoracht and the Enterprise. Yeah, the... Dracon have an amazing ship mm-hmm. compared to the Enterprise, considering it outclasses them in like maneuverability and guns, weapons, and shields, yeah, and energy. It's got way better tanks and the bombs and the guns. Yes, mm-hmm. all of those, all of those. Uh, but there, the Enterprise is still trying. It's just kind of weird to think that this thing's an even bigger ship than the Enterprise, which is fucking huge. Well, again, it's the Enterprise E. I know we've not, talked about not this. Not the biggest. It's not the biggest ship it's ever been. It's just the E. But the E is a straight up warship. So the fact that it's outclassing it in that regard as well is kind of a sad situation. Yeah, they're like, ooh, this time we're not going to be like the Enterprise D. We're going to make this a fucking battleship. Mm-hmm. And then still they meet someone and they're like, oh, no. Oh, oh our shields are immediately gone. Our genteel weapons of a bygone age. Because <laughs> every time they do they do this, it's like, oh, shit, these guys have disruptor cannons. What do we have? Flashlights. Mm. Oh, really? They're they're part of the Imperial Corps? <laughs> they're yeah. they're going to fight for the Emperor? We can recharge these in a fire if we have to. No, I mean, the phaser is not a bad weapon. It has all kinds of cool functionality and power to it, but the disruptor is a fucker of a weapon. Yeah. I mean, it was part of the thing where they were like, oh, yeah, that we want to cast the Federation as sort of an underdog when they were first mm-hmm. uh, presented against people. So it'd be like, oh, these guys can fucking cloak. Mm-hmm. They've got disruptors. Like, they're all warlike. We want to show the Federation as being like, scrappy underdogs compared to like romulans or klingons yeah I mean, but now it doesn't matter and fucking everyone has them and i'm like why don't you everyone has every kind of weapon uh, it's not like the kittimer accord said you couldn't have disruptors it was just uh i don't know i don't remember if it said that or not it definitely said you couldn't have they couldn't have cloaking devices yeah uh okay so 
yeah, the, the, I mean, the the pro- the real reason that disruptors are what like every other species uses, and I mean every, I mean these Dracon guys are using it, sure. But then he's like, oh, the Klingons, the Romulans, the Cardassians, the Breen, the Ferengi, and then even over in Voyager, the Kazon and the Vid- Vidians and what have all disruptor technology. And I'll tell you, I think I actually know the reason why. Oh, I know the reason why. Oh, what's that? It's just- because it's visually distinct. Yes, because it's a green light. <laughs> it's a green laser instead of a red one, or vice versa, whatever. But it's more than just visually distinct. It has visually distinct, distinct special effects and results. Uh, to wit, when a disruptor kills the the red shirt ensign that goes on the away mission, it leaves a corpse. Yes. So you can like look at him on the away mission and be like, "Ah, oh, this guy died in the line of battle, and we feel bad." But it just a, a, a uh, phaser can be set to straight up make this guy disappear. Yeah, because of original series being like, oh, and we set our shit to kill, it just teleports them to the death dimension, uh-huh. and they're gone. They just go away, which means that you can use that whenever the ship gets invaded and be like, and uh, point and shoot, and that guy just kind of goes, ah, and is gone. And now we don't have to do a bunch of scenes about how the ship is full of dead Klingons or whatever. Well, it's also very useful back in the original series, because they're like, hey, there's uh, some standards for TV, and we can't just show a lot of dead bodies. Yeah. But if we can go, boop, oh, he disappeared, it's a lot easier. Also, the acting method in the late 60s was primarily respond When someone had to act like a dead person in the late 60s, it was through a lot of heavy panting, and it just didn't look good on TV. It was a, it was a stage technique that was popular at the time. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, and alack, I am deceased. <sighs> it was a popular thing that they did. Yeah, very popular. You know, Look it up. Look it up. Or don't. I don't care. Definitely don't, though. I ain't your dad. I'm yeah. not going to tell you what to do. Yeah, I can't tell you what to do. I can definitely tell you what not to do, and just look that up. <laughs> so uh, so there you go. So these guys are firing all kinds of fat green energy bomb- bombs at the Enterprise. Luckily, they don't seem to hit very often, even though there's a very close-cropped ship battle that's in, pl- in play here. Yeah, when we start in this chapter, it has already been one week. <laughs> yeah, it's been <laughs> a uh, while. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you have a point you wanted to make? Cause... No, I'm good. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid. <laughs> I was a skid. I like delivering that in, in the in the format of like a uh, like a person who's standing at a school auditorium. Oh, Hi, yeah. kids. It's the one-man show. You know, when I was a kid, <laughs> I was a skid. Turn hat backwards. And no one knew my name. Uh, no, it has been a while in this... Uh, no, don't you dare. Yeah. <laughs> in this fight, we don't have an exact time, but it's... Probably 10, 15 minutes, because they had to get everyone together. Nightcrawler and Data have both looked over the schematics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had to prep everyone, get down to the uh, the transporter room and everything like that. And at this point, nothing's really happened. Like, they, I think they get hit once and they go, oh, no. Well, they really, they kind of oversell the beginning of this battle when they're like, ah, the first shit... The first hit we took from the Dracon energy weapons reduced us to 12% shields. Yeah, they really were like, oh, these guys are going to fucking kill you. And then they're... But they've left us with plenty of time to work on a long, long, elaborate plan. I mean, I guess if they were specifically like, what do they have? Oh, they've got weapons that are amazing at stripping shields and just sort of meh at going through actual hull plating. They just have regular old disruptors. They just have really big ones. But if they were at least like, oh, they're shooting us with a blue beam. We don't know (laughs) what that is. Oh, it just sucks energy away from shields. It's a phased Polaron corkscrew, Captain. Oh, It's good at eliminating shields. They've got some kind of weird ball sack that rips our shields away that's weird <laughs> they sent out energy dogs 
<laughs> They're biting our ship's dick. Uh, okay, so... Uh, see, I, I was going with the Eugene Vaughn reference here. Not me. I was going with an old John reference. I know. Yeah. Reference me. Uh, yeah, I have referenced you on on a show that you're on. I know. It's yeah. great. I love it. <laughs> I really feel like I'm included in this. Yeah. You're definitely a part of the process. Part of it. Plus, we're letting you do your book. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it, I'm, I mean, a, I'm a special boy. You're a happy ca- <laughs> You're a happy camper right now. Plus, you picked out what kind of cake you wanted. You didn't realize I meant flavor, and so we have a Transformers cake. Yeah. This has all been great. Yeah, it's made out of Transformers. It's made out of It trans- tastes like Transformers. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, Data and Shadow uh, Shadow Crawler, Night Night Cat, Shad- Night Shadow Cat. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, the Night Cat. <laughs> night Cat would be perfectly normal X Men. Yeah, I don't see any difference between Night Cat and like Hell Cat at night or something. It'd be fine. <laughs> Hell Cat after dark. <laughs> uh, okay, so the two of them have been sitting there going over schematics, and meanwhile, we've assembled three different away teams that are going to be beamed over to the Conoract. Uh, and, and plus other teams that are going to go down to the planet to try and help the Transformed fight off the aliens. So we've got, going over to the ship, uh, Data and Nightcrawler are going to try and teleport over there and take out the shield. Uh-huh. Once that happens, because there were seven total X-Men that came over, we've got enough for two each for three teams. Mm-hmm. So every team is two X-Men and like four other crew members. Yes. Usually one person you know and three idiots. Yeah. Uh, so the only team that we really get to hear about is Worf's. Worf and Rikers, but Rikers, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Worf's team includes uh, Worf, three red shirts, and Banshee, and Archangel. Archangel. So when they are flying around, they finally give the signal. They're like, okay, we're ready to try and do our teleport. Well, you got to get us to within, like, a hair's distance of this ship they have to be a couple miles away from the ship at the close at the furthest away and i love the line from picard where he's like you know oh master laforge are we ready to fire need we wait further Mm. Mm. (laughs) the headmaster will not like this (laughs) he'll whip you with a hickory switch (laughs) Mm, hickory switch you getting more british i thought you were french Mm, no. Yes, hurry up. I wish to have this battle over so I may eat more kippers. <laughs> Who has scones for a captain? <laughs> uh, so he's he's saying old-timey British stuff at them, but they're like, yeah, we're ready to go. Just teleport us o- or tell, tell us to teleport over there. And then they do an elaborate countdown. And I like that Data is just sitting there going, you know, even the slightest miscalculation as far as when we do this or how far we are away, will get us killed. Oh, I mean, it'll but definitely... But we're, we're getting count down by a guy on the bridge who is over a communicator, mm-hmm. which that's the best way to really sync things up. Yeah. Uh, also, do I teleport on one? After one? I mean, if they completely miss the ship, it's only going to kill Nightcrawler. I mean, that's true. I guess Data just sort of floats out there and is like, oh, uh, pick me up again, please. Oops. <laughs> But actually, I don't know if he's his. I don't know if his voice works in space. I don't think he can. He could. I know, mean, he could probably just send a message. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know if you can do nonverbal communication with those things, or if he can generate a nonverbal communication through that. Like I don't know through subspace. Well, I mean, you'd hit the button that's Morse like boop boop. Yeah, and they'd be like, "Oh, data's still out there." Yeah, so, so data's 
Data's con signal is activating over and over again. Uh, okay, but anyway, yeah, it works. They 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 wind up on the bridge of the or not the bridge the the bowels of the Conoracht. Yeah, obviously they didn't just kill off Nightcrawler and Data randomly in the middle of this book. <laughs> that would have been pretty great. <laughs> the book that killed Nightcrawler. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Nightcrawler just passes out at this point because he has pushed himself to his limits. Mm-hmm. So the second they get over there, he just like. Eyes roll back in his head, fall down. Oh, shit. But he completely maxes, though, so it's all right. What? He just gooshes everywhere. As soon as he gets there, his oh, eyes roll okay. back in his head. And he uh, okay. Get, yeah. Now you, you, you see what, okay. You see where I'm saying? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unusually stinky sperm everywhere, John. That's Oof. what just kind of smells like, like uh, brimstone. Br- brimstone. Yeah. Yeah. Like rotten eggs coming out of dick. Uh-huh. A weird fuzzy blue one. Yeah. He's like a Muppet, that one. <laughs> I was just picturing that, and Muppet <laughs> is pretty much where I was at. It's yeah. pretty much, I, I feel like it, the only person who wouldn't be confused to see Nightcrawler going to the bathroom would be like Dr. Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Perfect sense. Totally get that. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> We're Fuzzy Dick Brothers. <laughs> Hold on, I got a new idea for a band. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the two of them make it over there, and then they, they, well, Data gets to work on getting the shields disabled so that that teams can transport over. Yeah, I like that Data also just doesn't notice anything because he's not biological, so he's like, oh, I I just was someplace and now I'm somewhere else. That's it. I mean, it's weird that they even bother saying that that's even a vaguely unusual sensation for Data. He gets transported places all the time. Yeah, he's like, oh, that was weird. A second ago, I was over on the Enterprise, and now I'm here. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That what, happens a lot. That's what. That's how you get down to planets, Data. You've been doing it. You do it a lot. <laughs> you do it a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wonder though about the transporter because when they transport, they sort of like phase in. Is there a point where you can kind of see what's going on, but you can't move because your molecules aren't all together yet? I don't like, know. Can you sort of perceive what's happening before you're fully transported? This book actually shows the transport, the, the feeling of being transported back and forth when Worf goes over, and it, meant, it it's like, no, you're just in one room and then you're in another. Even though it's, you know, it's kind of a slow process. Yeah, it's just like... I, I bet you they just load your consciousness from the pattern buffer last. Because otherwise it'd be horrifying if they're like, oh, put yeah. it, yeah, get the brain working first, and then we'll then we'll start on the circulatory system. <laughs> I want them to briefly be aware that their body is not there. <laughs> I want them to have the most Kafka esque body horror we can give them. The be- yeah, I've rearranged the pattern buffer so that they are guaranteed to scream in mortal terror every time. <laughs> uh, it's a reflex reaction. It's hilarious. Check it out. Uh, no, but. Uh, they get over there, and Data sets to work on disabling the shields. Now, uh, eventually, he's going to send a a, a, a message. It takes several minutes. Riker and a bunch of others are waiting in a they're shuttle just bay, sitting in a transporter room. Yeah, all three of the major transporter rooms are in are in play here, waiting for their opportunity to go. But it's been nearly three minutes. Yeah, and <laughs> and again, the shit. The Enterprise has been flying around in in mortal space battle with the Conoract. For those entire three minutes without any shields and is fine. Oh, yeah. Everything's fine. I mean, they get a brief point where they're like, oh, no. And then we got hit and I guess some decks will be bad shape now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it never affects anything. Like, the first hit took off almost all of their shields. The second two hits, 
essentially crippled them, and then every hit thereafter has been like, ha-ha, a glancing blow. How much fu- further fucked up could we get? I mean, really. No more Louis L'Amour novels in the holodeck. It's been uh, evacuated to space. <laughs> ah, I've also evacuated into space, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do, sir. I'm fully formed in all form. I'm fully versed. In- <laughs> I'm fully formed. <laughs> I'm fully versed in all forms of space pooping. Ah, good. <laughs> Ooh, a kindred spirit, Mister Data. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gentleman's poop. Uh, okay, so so yeah. At that point, there, while Riker is like, "Oh, gee, golly, whiz! I sure hope Data's okay, but he's never let me down before." And then over the comms comes Picard like, all right, you motherfuckers, let's go. Yeah, it's teleport time. So they activate the transporters and start sending people over. But the only team that makes it over to the Conoract via transporter is Worf's. Uh, because as it turns out, the Conoract has bullshit auto shields that where you shoot its shields off and it just gets more shields. Yeah, it's got redundant systems. So apparently if you go in and cripple the system that takes care of their shields, it just also has shields again, and at the same power that they were at before, apparently. Yeah, so this is, I mean, that's a really good idea for shields. It feels like every ship should have that. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, just go ahead and take away a few rooms from Mm -hmm. people and be like, great, this is our redundant shield room now. Oh no, we don't have room to put in the Parisi Squares deck. (laughs) Oh, what will we do? I guess we'll holodeck that instead. How dare you? How Parisi Squares is a game of gentlemen. (laughs) It's the same reason I had a giant fencing saber installed instead of photon torpedoes. Hmm? Yeah, the... (laughs) The... The whole Conoract is basically just a bullshit ship of stupid garbage. I know, it's just trash. At least at least no one else is ordered to kill themselves this this, uh, series. There is that. Uh... But when they, uh, Worf's team makes it over and he starts trying to call the other two teams and can't get them. And he's like, oh, no, they must have befallen horrible tragedy. And they were without honor at the time. <laughs> I'm very concerned about honor. Yeah, he's like, all right, well, I can't bring them up. Maybe it's just a communications error. Uh, hey, Data, are you here? And he's like, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> Why didn't you check with me first, stupid? Uh, you dumb idiot. You <laughs> fucking dishonorable shit. How dare you? <laughs> I've got emotions now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the two of them managed to get in communication, but Data explains that because the Conoract has ridiculous bullshit shields, only his team was able to make it over in time, and so they're going to have to make it to the engine room themselves. Which makes me wonder, who was the uh, the transporter room person who was over there? Because I have to imagine that the second Picard came on, and he's like, all right, uh, transporter rooms one, two, and three, you are ready to go now. And after he had finished saying that, everyone else went, okay, and then started to try and transport. But the one with Worf was like, transport, and they're like, here yeah. we go. One guy was just way on the ball, and I think it actually mentioned their name. It was like Ensign Demeter or no, something. No, Demeter was Rikers. Oh, was, so, she, so Demeter's the one who fucked up. Yeah, Demeter sucks. Okay. You hear me? <laughs> Greeks? <laughs> Your concept of what is that? Harvests or wait, yeah. which which one's which? Demeter, Demeter is the, mom the mother. Of the mother. Persephone's the daughter. Okay, yeah. so yeah, it's the she's the goddess of like fall harvests or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah. Fuck her. <laughs> you hear me? Let's just pick random Greek gods and fuck them. <laughs> well, I mean, that was what the Greek gods did. Hey, <laughs> woo. 
Good times. Uh, well, anyway, Worf's up for the challenge, and so are Banshee, and it, it, this is finally Archangel's time to shine. Yeah, finally, he can fly around the halls like an idiot, mm-hmm. and no one will stop him. And Worf's like, this is actually works great for us, because we get a spy, and if he dies, then f- I don't really fucking like Archangel all that much, so. <laughs> yeah, he can go scout ahead, and if someone <laughs> shoots him in the head, eh, fuck it. This is why D&D parties let rogues do that. I hate that guy. Yes, please go ahead. Do indeed. I will be on my phone playing Bubble Bobble until I hear of your untimely demise. (laughs) Can I get Bubble Bobble on my phone? You can probably get Puzzle Bobble on your phone. Not not the original arcade game, no. Boo! I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for bringing it up. Uh... And Ooh, how much would I want to, do I want the two little dinosaurs from Bubble Bobble for Smash? <laughs> yeah, Bubble Bobble for Smash. I'll set that sh- or uh, even better, a Puzzle Bobble stage for Smash. Ah. Where you stand Yeah, sure, but you like standing on the pile of fired up bubbles and if a, a, a moving bubble gets you, you get caught in it for a couple of seconds. I'd be way into that. Way into way it. super into it. Well, I mean, you could also have the one where it's like uh, the bubbles are getting shot, and like pieces of the stage will occasionally fall, just, like, down. fall down. Yeah, no, exactly. That would be an awesome stage. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, uh, what's his name? The guy who makes uh, I, everyone I everyone cannot knows his remember name. Sakurai or something like the, that. The one who is constantly uh, like, "Oh God, my life." <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a. He's an interesting. Uh, it, it's neat to watch him play Smash Brothers because he plays it one handed and he can fight himself competently ah. with both hands. He's like the he's like the President Garfield of playing Smash. I don't know that that might not be a <laughs> and he hates Mondays. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Pres- he that's, he that might be too esoteric Odin. of a reference. I, I apologize. Garfield famously could write in Latin with one hand while he was writing in Greek with the other one. Yeah. It was a dumb party trick he could do. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, I don't know how many people knew that when going into that joke. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, including me, immediately was like, well, yes, obviously, President the Cat Garfield. President Garfield T. Cat. <laughs> Outlawed Mondays, and now the new dinner is always lasagna in everyone's pot or whatever. <laughs> Have you seen the new version, the corruption of those car? You know, the uh, Garfield without Garfield and yeah. the... There's a new one, which is just Garfield, but the middle panel is just censored. (laughs) I have not. They are very good. I've seen the one where it replaces every third panel with the Garfield with a pipe. Mm -hmm, That was also good. But the new one, which is just Garfield, but the middle middle panel is censored, is amazing. It'll just be like, John sneaking up to Garfield still in bed. Censored. And then a messed up bed <laughs> with Garfield just thinking, I'll get you for this, John. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, so anyway. The the three red shirts that go with Worf and Banshee and Archangel are <laughs> Lieutenants Ditko, Kirby, and Lee. Mm-hmm. So you got that going for you. That's ya. a fun little joke. Yay. I mean, it would be one thing if you just had like, oh, it's uh, Lieutenant Lee, and you're like, oh, that could be a reference to Stan Lee, or it could just be Lee. But Ditko is one of those names where you're like, no, you obviously mean Steve Ditko. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously. I mean, you see Lee and Ditko, even just Lee and Kirby is enough to go like, oh, cute. They're giving them, they're making references to comic book guys. I would have gone with a little more obscure references myself, but I like this. Yeah. I would have been like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, my Eric and Perez. <laughs> Uh, so those guys are there, and 
after Archangel is done scouting, he comes flying back like, oh shit, my dudes, there are guys with guns. Yeah, thanks, that's real useful. Good. Of course there's guys with guns, we're invading an enemy ship. And uh, poor, poor Lieutenant Wayne Lee mm-hmm. gets shot square on in the chest with a disruptor, and he is fucked. Yeah, he's the one who gets killed. After this, he he's the one red shirt to get killed. Uh, he gets nailed with a disruptor, but... Man, is Banshee ever good at specifically screaming in a way that blows up the enemy's guns. I mean, I understand that he's like, oh, what I do is I focus my pitch to specifically vibrate at whatever, and it shatters it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine, but you don't know what the fuck those guns are made of. Yeah, I've always kind of been used to Banshee's power basically working like wind. Yeah, that seems to be just, the... what do you do? Oh, you get knocked back. Yeah, he just knocks people backwards and into walls, because that's what every Sonic screamer in comic books always does. Well, there's two modes. There's uh, force push, mm-hmm. and then there's ow my ears, and those are the only two things you get to do. Yes. Where it doesn't do any damage, but you just kind of go, ow my ears. But this guy's doing opera singer, but for guns, and it's, you know, it's cute, although I feel like he's kind of ripping off the mystery men. Uh, okay, so... So he he destroys a couple of their guns, and Worf is quick to stun those dudes. Uh, Archangel does a bunch of dive bomb runs. Again, I love how expansive all the hallways on these ships are. Yeah, because I keep thinking, they're talking about him, like, flying overhead and mm-hmm. doing all these flips and, like, shooting people from behind with Luckily, when they Luckily, when they teleported in, they landed in the basketball stadium that's on this <laughs> ship. Ah, good. We've landed in the gym. <laughs> with vaulted ceilings on purpose. Uh, so it's an they, indoor mall. They take out these guys and start heading on. Well, I, I like the pause that Worf has for because they check on uh, on Lee. Lee, and they're like, "Ah, he's quite dead." And we have to see a part where Worf is like, "Well, the Klingon religion indicates that the body is but a vessel for the soul, and when the soul departs, the body is of no further use. Therefore, I personally do not have an attachment to the body of Lieutenant Lee and care not for it." Yeah, so and- fuck him. Let's go. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't also launch into a nice little part where he's like, in fact, he's probably passed on to the fields of Stovacor, where he will fight eternally with the other heroes of his people. You see, he died in battle honorably and Mm -hmm. such. And you're like, yeah, we get it. Come on. (laughs) You were raised by fucking Russians on Earth. Oh, he he knows more about Klingon. Basically, he's an overachiever in Klingon crap because he was raised by the Rajenkos. I know he was like, oh, I got to... I gotta show that I'm the real Klingon deal mm-hmm. by overcompensating. Yeah, every other Klingon you ever meet, like Martok or, or uh, Gowron or whatever, whenever they meet him, they're like, God damn, Worf is a little much, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, Honor and Kaelas and whatever, that's great, but this guy is basically the Klingon version of a bu- Bible thumper, uh-huh. where you're like, yeah, I'm Christian, but that guy's Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like every like, there's only two modes that other Klingons have when they meet Worf. They either needle him about how he's not honorable because they know he'll overreact and do whatever they want, or they're like, "God damn, dude, tone it down a notch. <laughs> Just bring it down one bit." That's usually Gowron's response to him because Gowron's you know like fucking in charge of Klingons, and every time he meets Worf, he's like, "Ah, yes, I'm a little bug-eyed weirdo, Worf." <laughs> tone it down a notch. <laughs> Experience beef. <laughs> All right, so uh, they they move forward sans Lee. Yeah. And uh, that is the end of that chapter. Mm -hmm. 
So moving on to the next one, we've got... Uh, I think we can get right back into it, right? Back to Riker. Oh, oh, it goes to Riker? Riker's sitting around disappointed because he didn't make it to the ship. Yeah, he's just sad, and now they've decided, all right, since we can't have you go over to the ship, uh, we're just going to have the two teams that we're going to teleport over are now going to go into the uh, shuttles and go down to the surface and be like... All right, whatever. You guys go deal with the surface problem since we can't send you over there anyway. Yeah, there's like eight shuttles full of uh, Dracons down there anyway, so they might as well go be a part of that. Uh, and also, they're, so they're going to head to Verdine down on Jaldia. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing we get is Riker establishing the composition of his team. He has four security officers. Uh, he also has Lieutenant Sovar, the bridge officer, plus. Both Storm and Shadowcat. Now, I'm not sure who did the team assignments and assigned Riker both the X-Men women. <laughs> it was Riker. It was Riker, but I feel like it might have been Riker. Riker's like, all right, time to divide these mutants up. Mm -hmm. Let's see, we got four guys and two ladies. Well, the two ladies are with me. I'll need uh, Storm and definitely Shadowcat. Also, could you get me White Queen? Uh, <laughs> uh, she's not, she didn't come to the plan. Oh, dang. Okay, well, let's put Rogue on my team then. Also not here. Um, Jean Grey? No. Mm. Okay, mm. well, I'm really reaching at this point, but Jubilee? <laughs> how? Hang on, how old is Jubilee? It's, it's 1996. How old is Jubilee? <laughs> never mind, never mind. No, we're good. We're, no, we're, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Dazzler? Can we get a Dazzler here? <laughs> Definitely get a Dazzler. How about Deathbird? I'll take what You know, at this point, I'll take whatever. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get. Morph can turn into a woman, right? <laughs> uh, so he's got uh, those guys on his team, and he is so concerned about Troy. Oh, because yeah. he's like, oh, I, I so wish I could make sure that Troy's okay, but, you know... Knowing that Wolverine and Colossus are over there with her makes me feel better for some reason. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you got blown out of the sky coming down, neither one of them could do anything. Storm <laughs> and Shadowcat might. I, Either one of those could. Well, good news. Wolverine will probably survive it. Yeah. I mean, so will probably <laughs> Colossus. I don't remember if he needs to breathe when he's in Metal Man form or not. Not really. Okay, well then, yeah, they're both going to be... You know, bad, but but ultimately fine. <laughs> they will be sad and okay, but everyone else will be dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious about uh, Colossus's ability to re-enter atmospheres. I feel like he would be very limited in terms of what he could do if blown out of at a high altitude of blown out. Well, of a ship in space, he'd just sit there till they teleport him back in. Yeah, he's just gonna float around. Now, there have been many comics where heat is applied to Colossus. And his uh, actual metal form is also a bullshit made-up word. It's like... I thought he was just steel. No, it's okay. like iridonium or some shit okay, like that. Okay, sure. But uh, he can take ridiculous amounts of heat, and he doesn't even melt. Okay. He's so just he like, can do re-entry fine. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought he just turned into steel. And the reason I thought that is because... During the X-Men 2099 run, the first, the, the only time they ever really did that, yeah. there was an X-Man on that team who was supposed to be a one-up of Colossus, a guy named Metalhead, and his power was he can turn his skin into adamantium. Fuck yeah! I mean, it's still a one-up on Colossus. Yeah. 
Because he's like the third strongest metal, because it's like, oh, adamantium, vibranium, and then whatever the fuck Colossus is. Also, there was a guy in the 2050s who could turn himself into carbonadium, the other bullshit metal. And then there was an Uru, there's going to be an Uru guy in the 20, 2200s. Oh, my God. A dude who just straight up is like, hey, I'm an Asgardian mutant, and I turn into Uru. <laughs> What's your superhero name? I call myself Uru. <laughs> Uru. What's this? <laughs> okay so yeah Riker is very worried about Troy and he constantly is thinking about it yeah he's like oh it's gonna be so sad if something were to happen but yeah I mean she is a trained bridge officer so I shouldn't be spending time and energy on this she can take care of herself then again she is a delicate woman I don't know why I didn't assign her to my team Uh, yeah. Look, here's like, the team I'm going to need. I'm going to need Ensign Rowe, uh, Tasha Yar, if she's into it, and Alive Enough. <laughs> alive Enough and into We're it. Gonna, I, I definitely need a Beverly Crusher. Am I running low on, you know what? I Sure, Pulaski, get in here. Guinan? <laughs> uh, Guinan? Uh, no? Yeah, I, okay. How you feeling, Guinan? <laughs> Up yours, Riker. <laughs> Thank you. As always. <laughs> We do get Crusher showing up here. Apparently, they need to give them special tricorders. Yeah, they need, they're waiting for a shipment of medical tricorders, which is a Star Trek thing. Medical tricorders get mentioned all the time. The, all the doctors get to carry special meta tricorders. But it's mostly just some blood information stuff, because I assume they are trying to demutantify the transformed. Yeah. So, like, we need you to go down there and get a blood sample. Or... You know, ultimately, what's going to happen is they'll go down there and be like, ah, good. Yeah, okay, let's take care of demutanting these guys. And then the X-Men will be like, but no, they've been given a gift. <laughs> I mean... And then tension shall spring, you know, sometime in the last 20 pages of this fucking book. You know, that or it's <laughs> not going to be the X-Men. It'll be our uh, our man on the scene who will just be like... Oh, yeah. Uh, God, he's not even in this chapter, so I haven't thought of yeah, Ar I... Arid so far. Yeah, Arid's going to be like... No, even though I am a weird, gross, purple monster, I will keep my powers, for I have seen how great it is to shoot laser beams from my fingertips. Now behold my throbbing purple godhead! <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of a good mutant name for him. Good. <laughs> is it throbbing? <laughs> yeah, it's throbbing. I'm throbbing. <laughs> throbbing. This is Batman. <laughs> well, Buttman and throbbing, obviously. Ob obvious, uh, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, uh so yeah he he heads down to the planet there's not planetary defenses or anything so basically Riker flies right on down well first they have to get out of the oh, right. enterprise which they're like oh we're in a fucking battle with another ship so we've got to kind of time this so that the conorocked doesn't just blow our shit up yeah so they leave the shuttle and then he waits to make sure that the other ship also gets out of the shuttle because again he is very concerned about counselor troy yeah, he's like, oh, I can't just leave and go down. I have to sit here and wait like an idiot. Mm -hmm. and just to like, make sure Con uh, Counselor Troy got out. Because even if she didn't, what am I going to do other than watch and lament? Yeah, I should just be moving and going down to the surface to do my job. But I'm Riker, and yeah. I'm the one piloting this, so up yours. So they fly on down, and as they are landing on the planet and getting ready to head out of the shuttle and disperse, Riker once again recounts the contents of his team. Now, There's a point where he addresses them. To be fair, there is a break in between this. Other stuff happens in the book. Okay. But the, the whole thing of, 
if you were to cut directly from this to the next part with him, it's just, here's everyone on my team. And boy, I'm worried about Troy. Cut. Here's everyone on my team. I hope Troy's okay. Yep. (laughs) It's like, people, this guy, the author of this book is really worried that you'll have a very bad short-term memory. Yeah. Like, (laughs) time to recount everyone on my team. Mm -hmm. And once again, to let you know that, yes, I'm sure Troy is very capable, but this is a war zone after all, and mm-hmm. it's no place for a lady. Yeah. I never understand how so few of the uh, Enterprise crews have the egalitarian spirit of the future that, that I, it just seems to come up an awful lot. Like, Well, I can at least understand if you're like, this is the counselor. It's not like, yeah. oh, it's, you know, fucking Ensign Rowe, and I'm real worried that she won't be able to take care of herself. No, Ensign Rowe's fine. Ensign Rowe will fuck anybody up. I mean, theoretically, they go, They both went through the same basic training. Ensign Rowe is a TAC officer, sure, but she's a bridge tactical officer. And uh, Troy is, you know, like a lieutenant commander, I think. She she outranks, she's like four ranks up above uh, 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 Roe Laren. It's, it's crazy that they're like, oh, we've got to be careful for the poor counselor. I'm like, no, she's a badass. But is she actually Starfleet or is she just a counselor? She is really Starfleet. She wears a, by this point in the series, she's wearing her uniform. Oh, good. And, she's got a regulation uniform. Yeah, that on. happens around season five of Enterprise uh, or of uh, TNG, where they force her to make the wear the uniform uh, and stop putting in the cleavage paint. <laughs> it's not her. She never. She never wanted to wear no. that shit. I like that. That, that there's that in uh, TNG, they have to be like. There's an admiral. I think his name is Jellico. Admiral Jellico pops up and is like, God damn it, put on a regulation uniform. And she, she relents in the show. In the show, she's like, I don't, I don't want to do that, but fine, I will start wearing my official medical team uniform. But you know, Sirtis was like, fuck yes, finally. I don't have to wear that fucking gross onesie of the future. <laughs> now I get to wear a different onesie of the future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, over, over on the Voyager crew where they stuck fucking uh, Seven of Nine in a corset and a onesie, there's one episode where she just goes, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to wear an Enterprise uniform from now on. Screw the lot of you. <laughs> I, but I'm not even, you're not even Starfleet. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's it's hey, a fucking Voyager. Eat a dick. We're on Voyager. <laughs> Being in trouble is a made-up concept. <laughs> <sighs> John, there's no one here who can actually say no. <laughs> uh, okay, so. What are you, a cop? <laughs> I, who do we cut back to? It's is it Worf? Oh, it's Worf. It's Worf. Yeah. Okay. So because War- at this point they're like, oh, we've traveled through several more, essentially the exact same scenarios of Archangel flies ahead, comes flying back, going, oh shit! He just sort of does that Han Solo moment over and over again, mm-hmm. and then they beat up the guys that come through, and then they move on. And Lee's the only one who ever dies. Everyone else is fine. It does mention that all of them are bloody from hand to hand fights. Yeah, they're all bruised and bloody from beating each other up I'm like how are they getting in hand-to-hand fights everyone has guns what do you what do you want to get in hand-to-hand oh, i guess it's Worf. So. i mean yes obviously Worf does and archangel also has a plenty of stuff where he's described as being like oh he just picks a dude up and chucks him into another dude hey you know based on what i've read about jack kirby i, I wouldn't surprise me if he was like i'm just gonna fucking lay hands <laughs> You're going to catch these hands, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, there's that famous story about Jack Kirby where where some like neo-Nazis or whatever showed up at Marvel Studios because they had heard that a lot of the uh, the writers at the comic studio were Jewish, mm-hmm. or Marvel Comics, rather. Uh, and, and they said, well, we want to talk to Jack Kirby. And, they, and he was told, there's like Nazis or skinheads outside who want to talk to you. And he was like, all right. And he put on <laughs> his coat. Do it. <laughs> he put on his coat and went out there to beat the crap out of them. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, Kirby. <laughs> Kirby was badass. God bless you, sir, mm-hmm. for <laughs> wanting to punch Nazis. Yeah. Uh, but at least now with the uh, the team, while beat up, they are finally at a place where they're like, oh, look, the engine room, the place mm-hmm. we actually wanted to get to. Ah, it's crawling with Dracons, but thankfully Dracons are apparently just crap, so it's fine. Yeah, they're like, all right, so there's like an archway over there, mm-hmm. and in past that is going to be the engine room that is like at least a dozen uh, Dracon guards plus any engineering crew that might have weapons as well. Yeah, and they're like, well, we're, we're going to use the element of surprise to take them. They're it's all like, waiting for us. Are you? <laughs> These guys have communicators, right? Aren't they just alerting each other to your presence a little bit? Just oh, a little they're bit. far too proud for that as a species. <laughs> yeah. They're big, dumb idiots, and so I don't think they did. And I like that his entire plan is, all right, me and the other two cool guys are going to go fight a whole bunch of dudes. All right, Lieutenant Dickbags, you go take care of whatever dumb shit we had to do. Mm-hmm. You go hit buttons or something. I don't even know. I'm going to punch a guy. Yeah. I see the world in black and white. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. You're based on a comic book author. We know. We know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, indeed, they do. They just rush in there and beat the fuck out of all these Dracons. Yeah, they get in there by surprise and just start wailing on dudes and laying waste left and right you know banshee blasting into guys and then shooting them and then archangel throwing dudes into dudes yeah he's you know they're x-manning as hard as x-manning into klingon i gotta say i feel like banshee isn't getting his full use in this i feel like he's really worried he'll kill everybody if he because he's in little rooms like but with this one they're specifically like all right here's a hallway it goes into a room, and then at the other end of the room is the archway into the engine room. You could just have Banshee walk ahead of them and go, I'm going to scream into that room and just fuck everyone up. And if I destroy equipment in there, that was the point anyway, so... Ah. Yeah, but he doesn't. His power is pretty nebulous in this book. It seems to be he can mostly pinpoint scream in this book. Yeah, he gets a lot more focused control than I would normally have seen in comics. And he doesn't do the whole, like... Oh, I'm just going to scream and hit like 20 dudes and knock them all down. Yeah, which is surprising. I thought the whole point of him was that he was he was basically Black Canary, but but worse a little. Well, I mean, he's he's your AOE guy. Yeah. I mean, he wears those big, stupid, wingy dingy things specifically to I think it's to amplify his screams in a direction and also to fly. No, it's it's to fly. It's to. Yeah. God, it specifically catches the makes him look like audio vibrations that let him fly. Yeah. Oh, they're so dumb looking. They are. Everything about Banshee is the worst. <laughs> so, yeah, they uh, they get in there. They beat the crap out of everybody. And then we cut over to high implementer. I sad, Joe. Don't be sad, Joe. <laughs> uh, you got fingers like knives, but don't be sad like knives. <laughs> uh, OK, so <laughs> so there's a Scott Pilgrim reference. No, that is a uh, fucking. Ogloff reference. Oh, Ogloff. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't really keep Ogloff in my head, but it is a wonderful thing. Oh, it's great. I'll build a labyrinth to hide this knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) What's with you in labyrinths? (laughs) Uh, So I said Joe has apparently had some issues with the internal sensors being as good as they should be because of the damage they have taken in the battle with the Enterprise, which seems weird because the only thing that happened was one of their nacelles got blown up. Mm. But whatever. 
Yeah, it seems to me like they're doing just fucking fine. But no, apparently they're having a hard time tracking. But finally, he gets a camera feed on the engine room and watches as what are very clearly mutants are rampaging all over the room and killing a bunch of his guys. And he's like, man, did someone see the planet like we did Jaldia a while ago? And you're like, okay, yeah, you're responsible for the mutants. We get it. Yep, yep. We, we theorized about that in the last episode. So it's nice to get the confirmation uh, that these dudes are seeding the planet with to make X-Men. Yeah. Now... They finally see them, and he's like, I would send more dudes, but these guys apparently cut through my dudes like they aren't even there, so that's pointless. Instead, hey, uh... Replicators! Ocean! (laughs) Oh, never mind, I got a worse idea. Uh, He figures out where they are, and he's like, all right, uh, hey, second in command, just go ahead and drop down force fields on either side of them, cut them off, and then suck all the air out. Instead of just teleporting them into space, nah. Yeah. And, and which again, just teleporting them into space, great idea. Yep. And feel like, well, it won't work. The shields are up. All right, great. Try it anyway, and they'll just teleport them to nowhere, and they'll die. Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. The shields are also not like an inch away from the ship. You can teleport them between <laughs> the, the shield and the the ship. <laughs> just just hit them. <laughs> Go to full speed. Teleport them in front of the ship, and then turn on the windshield wipers. <laughs> Ew, Archangel splattered all blue. Uh, It's like a smurf. Oh, man, and then Banshee would be all flapped out with his stupid wings out on his side like a a baby on board sign. (laughs) Uh, He's like one of those little Garfield hangers. Yeah. He's like President Garfield. (laughs) He's just like President Garfield, who was most famous for his ability to hang on a car window when he was driven around. Yeah, he had these famous suction cup hands. Which you can use to write in Latin and Greek simultaneously <laughs> and to stick to windows. Duh. <sighs> uh, that's the end of that chapter. Mm-hmm. Is their plan to kill off the invaders with the fire suppression technology that they have? Yeah, the lack of air. Now, on the Enterprise, if they wanted to pull this move, they just drop force fields on either side of them and hold them prisoner in there. Or, you know, flood the room with a, with powerful Tetrion gas or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but instead, they're just like, oh, we'll suck the air out. And given what happens in this next chapter, I don't feel like this is a very good fire suppression system because it takes a good long while to actually suck the air out of there. Yeah, it gives them plenty of time to do things. What they should have just done is just te- sight teleported them to their holodeck set on endless plane mode. <laughs> well, assuming they don't have a holodeck. Yeah, but they should. Their ship's great. I assume they have a brig, or just teleport them to the recycling center and be uh-huh. like, yeah, we're going to turn you into goo or whatever this means. <laughs> I mean, they're a horrible recycling center. Where I think you have to voluntarily do it to yourself, though. So they'd be like, come on, man, sacrifice yourself. You know, you've, you've lost honor. Jump and- into the wood chipper. It'd be very honorable if you jumped into the wood chipper. Ah, move out of my way. Ha <laughs> I shall go first. I have the most honor. Ah. <sighs> So they are trying to get to the transporter room, because that's where Data and Nightcrawler were going to go after they sabotage the shields. They're like, all right, we're going to blow up that, and then we'll go to the transporter room, because that's the only way we're going to get back off of this ship, is using their transporter, apparently. Mm, Sure, why not? Luckily, these guys have transporter technology and transporter tools. Yeah, it's weird to me that that was their plan before they knew that there were redundant shields. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, oh, if their shields are down, just fucking teleport them back the way they came in. Who gives a shit? If their shields are down, why are you teleporting people over there? Why don't you just teleport over a couple of proton torpedoes? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we don't want to kill everyone. We just want to cripple them. We want to just kill most of them. We want to kill several of them. Because that's what Worf's been doing. <laughs> uh, so uh, they're running around, and of course, then the uh, the shields start coming down around either side of them. But because Archangel is flying super fast and ahead of everyone, he actually, like, hits right as the shield is coming down. And instead of it, like, cutting him in two, he just sort of gets zapped by the energy coalescing. Yeah, he gets zappoed unconscious, and it hurts a bunch. Yeah, so he crashes to the ground and is unconscious, Mm -hmm. while Ditko and Kirby and Worf and Banshee are slowly getting the air sucked out of the room yeah and for one reason or another they're like well Worf is the most resilient in this and i'm like i i know that klingons have a redundant third lung so i guess that could potentially be true but also it could be that he needs the most air because of his stupid third lung <laughs> stupid third lung. maybe it doesn't work that way maybe the third lung just always has spare oxygen in it oh yeah it's uh it works exactly like a camel's hump mm-hmm. and that water is stored there <laughs> and it kills the this kills the klingon <laughs> Oh no, my lung is full of water. <laughs> so Ban- they're like, oh no, we're stuck in a force field. There's no way out. And Banshee's like, ah, never say never to the way out. I'll yell at it. And he yells at it. And nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, and they shoot it and nothing happens. And then they're like, well, now there's no way out. And Banshee's like, no, what if I yell at it and you shoot at it? What if we put our powers combined uh, uh, you weren't in any of the X-Men uh, <laughs> Ultimate Alliance games. I don't feel like you know how to combine powers. <laughs> when have you ever done a fastball special? Uh, yeah. I mean, has he? I don't remember any time where, where Banshee... I mean, I assume he has to have done a drop move with someone. Yeah. That could like, be it would probably be a real good one to do with Colossus, where he's just in human form, and he flies and then drops him, and then he turns to steel, or mm-hmm. I... Yeah, and they call it letting the beat drop because you know he's got a musicy theme because yeah. he's got screamy voice yeah get it you get it do, hold you, on hang on do you get the wait joke about Col- wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> how is colossus the beat uh because he's gonna beat down the people he gets dropped on that's, there you go there you, that's that's okay he's great the beats. he's the beats he delivers the beats indeed also he's from russia and they eat a lot of beets there do they yeah that's what do borscht they? is do they beast is a cold borscht is a cold beet soup and mm. Beast is a thing is a villain. Beast, <laughs> Beast is one of the X Men. Beast is just an X Man with his name being said by a, a Swedish person. Ah, Beast. I'm very, I love Beast. I am a particularly large fan of Beast. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Swedish person. Uh, so the plan here is Banshee is going to do a tight, focused scream. At the ceiling, because the energy field extends around the entire thing and not just mm-hmm. at the hallways. Uh, so his screaming, if he tightly focuses it, is enough to, like, disrupt the area there. And Worf will phaser shoot but just that Worf. same area. Yeah, even though we still have Kirby and Ditko and their blasters, they're not going to try. Because no. you can't cross blast. It's Famously, you can't cross phaser streams or it summons Gozer the Gozerian. Indeed. Yeah, so... So it's just Worf. Total protonic reversal. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so I their plan is basically just, I hope something important is where we're shooting. That's the whole plan. Here's the idea. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to scream at it. We'll have Ditko shoot a blaster at it. Worf, you hit it with your bat left. <laughs> that ought to do it. 
Actually, I've moved on from Batleths because this is after DS9. I use a Mechleth. It's like a little knife thing that isn't as stupid looking. Eh, <laughs> slightly. It's okay. The Mechleth really looks like the kind of shit you'd buy out of a knife catalog I mean, magazine. it is the shit you would buy out of a knife catalog. Yeah, where it's just like, what's this? It's got a bunch of pointless extensions and bullshit all over it. spikety bits on the Spike. side for no reason. There's a hole in the middle of the knife, so for I guess so the knife goes faster. Yeah. It's just... Oh, so the blood drains out faster. It's the kind of knife that's perfect if you can't think of a gift to get your trench coat friend. <laughs> Here you go, trench coat friend. It's a big, overcomplicated, over-engineered knife that you can't sharpen. Oh, sweet. Oh, dude. I could, I could totally kill someone with this if I hands weren't already registered as lethal weapons with the government. I'll just wait until someone tries to break into my house. <laughs> They're going to meet my neck left. That's right, trench coat friend. They, that's, that, that's what they'll do. That's very accurate. Say hi to your trench coat friend, everybody. <laughs> okay, so callbacks. <sighs> so they do this like three times. Before everyone just sort of runs out of oxygen. And it works? I yeah, guess they shot something important? It's funny because they're like, oh no, it failed. We're all gonna die. Oh no, wait, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it just took the ship a minute to realize, oh wait, that was important. I better shut down. Yeah, uh, so it shuts down the force field and Warren is still unconscious. And we get Banshee giving him a quick one, zo- one over and he's like, well... Uh, he's not the right color right now, and he's he's got bad breathing. I'm he like, looks like a human right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's supposed to be kind of like a blue raspberry candy blue, and right now he's more of like an eggshell. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, On the scale of blues, he's... You look, I, I'm an you know the old joke of, if you choke a Smurf, what color do they turn? Well, it turns out this. <laughs> I'm an I'm an expert in in blue health checks because like three quarters of the X Men are blue for no good reason. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. I look, I dated Moira McTaggart, the mutant doctor, so mm-hmm. I know what's up. I mean, that's not as good as if he had dated like, say, for example, Mystique, the bluest of mutants, <laughs> the bluest, deepest, <laughs> the deepest. Her head morphs into a shark's fin. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, so. They grab Warren and sling him over his shoulder just like Nightcrawler, and then they rendezvous with Nightcrawler and Data at the transport pad. And it turns out Data has rigged the ship to briefly break their shields. Yeah, he's like, oh, uh, I have the ability to shut their shields down, but the redundancy will kick in the same as last time, Mm -hmm. so I can make it so we have a brief window. Yeah. So he's like, all right, well, first four to go through are going to be Nightcrawler and Banshee and the two lieutenants, Mm -hmm. because... We're going to keep this unconscious angel over here for no good reason, (laughs) Uh, but you you forego. So it works, but then the shield comes slapping back up. Yeah, and now Data's like, ooh, it's slightly more complicated, because now I have to set it to auto transport Mm -hmm, because then i have to run over it like it's like trying to get yourself into a picture yeah he's just basically trying to do the old all right i gotta set the camera and then run into the picture ah shoot i cut everyone's heads off oh with my bat lift (laughs) so he he does the thing he sets it up so that the shield will turn itself off again very briefly sets the transport to transport them in, in 10 seconds or so and then goes and stands on the pad and this is where the tension arises uh, because he's standing very close to Lieutenant Worf, and the two of them, sparks begin to fly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What actually happens is they, you know, Dracons start beating down the door to shoot at them. Yeah, and uh, it looks like, oh no, the one's, 
One's going to shoot. Oh, no, it's Banshee that they're going to shoot because Archangel and Nightcrawler are the two injured ones. So they went over with the lieutenants. Right. So they're going to shoot Banshee. But then, you know, they're on the deck of the Enterprise instead. And David's like, ah, I was concerned for you, Mr. Cassidy. I was worried that they had shot you already. Yeah, because you were yelling. And he's like, oh, no, that's my power. I yell and it fucks people up. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I should have known. I feel like you should have known that. Yeah. I feel like on day one, Picard should have been like, figure out what they all do and, you know, disseminate that information through the ship so it's not, no one's... I mean, also, your your code name's Banshee. I, I feel like I should have known that. <laughs> ah, your code name, uh, <laughs> Data, your code name is Banshee, indicating you have the abilities of being a dead woman who was mad when she died? <laughs> you can tell when someone's going to die by yelling at them? <laughs> all right. <laughs> confusing but i will allow it <laughs> weird mutant power mm-hmm. i don't know what you do for the team but okay i mean just as i assume that that one over there summons shadow cats <laughs> yes and she herself is a shadow she's cat. a master cat shadower she can follow a cat for days <laughs> they'll never see her <laughs> which is quite tricky because cats are difficult to shadow <laughs> i know i have a cat <laughs> i'm worried that she might be shadowing spot at this moment <laughs> Uh, so finally we get Riker coming down in Verdeen. Uh, I'm worried about Troy. <laughs> Let me list the eight members of my crew. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, no, this is our war zone. But, you know, you know, most of the city seems fine. Like, two-thirds of it is basically fine. Mm-hmm. And then one part of it is fucked up. And he's like, all right, well, obviously that's where the transformed are. Yeah. And so he tries to find a place to put down that's big enough for them. Because most of the buildings around here are fairly utilitarian. It's not like there's any, like, large, wide spaces on top of a building to, like, set a helicopter down on. Yeah, so. what did they say Verdeen is? It's just a small town. I think it was supposed to be it's, a mining. It's a city that's small compared to, like, Terran cities, but... Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> so they eventually find a place to put down, and this is a time for him to have a brief discussion, I believe, with Aurora. Yeah. So... He's just like, oh no, we'll have to go ahead and remind that we got we got a got a gaggle of kids out there, and that we gotta make sure that they don't do whatever. And Storm's like, yeah, those gaggle of kids are probably fucking the invaders up. And he's like, really? Because I feel like they wouldn't, because they oh, aren't yeah. trained like me. Yeah, they're like, yeah. She's like, no, they're probably fighting tooth and nail right now to stay alive. And he's like, I don't know, they're not Starfleet. Maybe you X-Men could fight because you have cool mutant, like, costumes. Like you've, you've been at an entire university to train for this, but these people just got their powers. And Storm's like, yeah, but I grew up, well, she didn't say this, but... You know, <laughs> I grew up on the mean streets. Of New York and then Cairo, and then I forgot about the first one. <laughs> I grew up on the same mean streets as Mike Tyson and Riddick Bowe. <laughs> or, in, in language I understand, as Luke Cage and Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. She's just like, no, man, like, I, I, I know that you think that this is going to be a conventional firefight war where people are just sort of shooting lasers and hiding, but you're dealing with mutants now and shit's going to get weird. Yeah. And before anyone sends me any messages about it, yes, I know that Luke Cage didn't grow up on the meat streets of New York. Yeah. He's from, it's fine. He's, neither, from, he's from Atlanta. Okay. Neither did Mike right. Tyson or Riddick Bowe. I think that was Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway. <laughs> So Storm eventually relents, because Riker's just like, look, the Transformed 
are our second priority. Our first priority is to stop the Dracon. Yeah. Once that's done, we can worry about, like, figuring out what's going with the Transform, calming them down, making sure everything's fine, mm-hmm. but they are not the mission. Yeah. And Storm's like, all right, well, hey, I said I, w- I told Picard I'd follow your lead, so I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Shadowcat is just phasing through the sides of the ship, like, ha-ha, I hope this doesn't break anything. Ha, I went through the control panel, is that okay? I'm not really in this book. (laughs) She has no lines or presence in this. I'll just be over in the corner with Colossus, who you also apparently don't care about. (laughs) Thanks for mentioning me. (laughs) It would have been weird to send five X-Men, so I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, he then splits everyone off into pairs to go around the city and look for trouble, and he pairs off with Storm. Yeah, you, that was a bad idea. She's the only other one with any leadership skills. Yeah. But also, sure. send her with either Shadowcat, because they've worked together and mm-hmm. will be a good team, or whoever your chodiest idiot is, because yeah. then she might keep him alive. He should have picked... I mean, I know I do, I've made jokes about this previously, but he should have picked Shadowcat, because she probably is the least trained and the one who's going to be in the most danger. Yeah, but she's going to be in the least danger because it'll be like, all right, well, lasers are shooting and I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Lasers are actually quite rare in the Star Trek world, John. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm. 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 Technically interesting. (laughs) Mm. Shallow and pedantic. Mm. It insists upon itself. (laughs) All right. So, so yeah, there you go. I think that's it. I think that is the end. Yes. Yeah, that's as far as we go. That's uh, Riker's touchdown on Verdeen, but I sure hope Troy's okay. (laughs) Yeah, we've got... Our team's on Verdeen. We've got our teams back from... Uh, Fighting the Conorach. Conorach. Which also is going to be dead in the water now because they shut down its engines, I think. I don't know what the fuck that was about. <laughs> we don't, they, we're not sure what they accomplished yet. Yeah, because they went into the engine room, apparently did what they needed to do because the whole team was there. It's not like someone was left behind fucking mm-hmm. shit up. But they still had the ability to have shields up and also be flying around and do a fire suppression system. Like, it seems like whatever they did in the engine room didn't Hasn't done do its anything thing yet. <laughs> like, maybe maybe they've set the ship up for sabotage. Maybe they're just setting up uh, Picard for a cool moment where he can get back and hail him again and be like, ah, if you don't do what I want, I'll turn your ship off. And then... Does it? And I sad Joe will be like, eh, nah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, who We're knows? one of those races that's going to be like, no, nah, death first. Yeah. I don't know. I'll they- ram you. <laughs> ramming speed. Uh, <laughs> sir, any speed is ramming speed. We're in space. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're going real fast. If we make contact with them, it's bad for everyone. Yeah. Well, there you have it. No idea what's going to happen next. It was a thrilling adventure for the first time ever because we actually have villains now. Yeah, we had stuff to do instead of just... Hey, what happens if Nightcrawler talks to LaForge? I don't I don't care, man. You can do this for a couple chapters, but don't make it as half the book. What happens if Troy talks to Nightcrawler? Okay, okay. yeah, great. All I'm right. glad. This, 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 what if Guinan and Wolverine met? They sh- certainly are two uh, personalities that might conflict. Yeah, No, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that they go further down both rosters. Mean, meanwhile, what if, I, I don't know, uh, Jubilee met Reginald Barclay? Oof. <laughs> Do not. Ooh, I'm going to add you to a bunch of gross holodecks. Ooh, restraining order. <laughs> and she'd be like, no, wait, it's cool. I'm late 2000s vampire Jubilee. Eat. <laughs> uh, so there you go. We are, uh, we're all set on that. We're done. We did the thing. Yeah. Thank and you. now... 
Now it's time for us, at least, to do a little bit more work for you, the listener, as long as you support us on Patreon.com slash System Mastery. At the $2 level, you will unlock bonus content for this exact show. You're goddamn right. All the stuff that we were mentioning about Banshee, you would have already known if you had been a subscriber to our Patreon because I described everything about Banshee recently. Yes, that's true. You picked Banshee for one of your episodes because we knew woefully little about him. Yeah, Banshee is shrouded in mystery for, for me. Such a, uh, uh, he's pretty much a very important X-Man. He's from the all-new, all-different. He's one of the most important members of the crew. I mean, he, he led sh- an entire team yeah. with Gen X. He should be pretty much on par with, say, a Storm or a Night or, or a Nightcrawler or a Wolverine, but he is not. And it's interesting to look into why. Yeah. Instead, he's pretty much on par with, like, a... Like a John Proudstar or a Sunfire. <laughs> That's basically accurate, yes. Yeah. Uh, where you're like, oh, you're like D tier. What happened to you? Man, you just you just crapped out. <laughs> you started strong and then went, meh. Yeah. All right, so to get to that bonus content, once again, you just go to patreon.com slash system mastery and join us at the $2 level. You'll unlock Expanded Expounded Universe, where we discuss topics of interest that we find on the internet from our chosen book type. That means they could be Star Trek stories, or they could be X-Men stories. They could and be anything. You'll, you'll never know, because you're going to have to guard it. <laughs> the jolly candy-like button. Uh, you wouldn't press it, would you? <laughs> They're always after my ice cream bar. <laughs> Space madness. madness. <laughs> all right, well, do, all, once again, stop by, support us on our Patreon. Otherwise, buy our book. Yeah. It's called A Dragon Walks Into a Bar. It's the last month you'll be able to pre-order it. If you pre-order it, it'll add to a couple different uh, promotions we're running, but it'll definitely give you an extra color on our Discord. It'll move you up to a purple. Yeah. That can be found uh, on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. You can find a link on SystemMasteryPodcast.com, our site. Go there. Check out all of our stuff. Uh Uh-huh. We really hope you will, because that because if enough people pre-order that book, we get to do another one, and that'll help us stay, you know... Uh, alive, a- alive, and able, and able to do this. So that's good. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, staying alive is good. <laughs> hey, I, I, I have to make another seventeen years. Just seventeen more years, and then you can finally crap out. Pretty much. I mean, once Sage is is safely pushed out of the house. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, that's going to sound super morbid to people. I mean, all I'm setting is a floor, everybody. Don't worry. That's it's the not like, floor. It's not, it's not like I don't want to live longer it's than that. that. It's not that that's the goal. That's <laughs> like, just... that's that's the point where I quit. Yeah, that's just the D-plus option. That's the point where I quit. Yeah, that, I, <laughs> I'm just saying my life is pass-fail, and that's the pass. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm the best there is at what I do. <laughs> and what I do is live for 17 years. 